Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story of making a coworker cry. But first, a story from PostyGal, Vengeance on my local porch pirate. I use a weekly meal delivery service, light and easy for food, as I'm the world's worst cook and have little desire to improve my non-existent skills. With the service, you get your new boxes of food and leave your old box out on your doorstep to be collected. For the past two weeks, someone's been stealing the new boxes. Breakfast, lunch, dinner for the whole week is gone, and I can only afford to replace the lost food with cheap cereal. Needless to say, this insult couldn't go unanswered. Yesterday, I worked from home in the morning so I could take delivery of my box in person. But after the delivery, I put out my old box all wrapped up so it looked new with a very special gift inside. What was that gift, you ask? Two weeks worth of dirty kitty litter. Very smelly, copious amounts of kitty litter. I then went to work, and when I came back, the box was gone. I can only imagine their reaction when they opened it, unwrapped the plastic bags that are supposed to contain food, only to be hit in the face with the smell of cat poo. The only thing better in this situation was if it would shoot the old dirty cat litter out at him like a glitter bomb. Do you approve of people leaving these cat litter treats and glitter bombs for porch pirates? If somebody stole a package, opened it up, and it sprayed ink out everywhere, should the person who set that package out be responsible in any way for the damages incurred? Or do you think legally everything should fall into the porch pirate's hands? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from CJanes96. My neighbor cursed me for using my own yard. Well, I'm going to use it even more. So I've lived in a townhouse for the last three years. I lived with my husband and two 60-pound dogs. For a bit of background, I got attacked by a dog just before my neighbors moved in two and a half years ago, which left me with a strange fear of animals up until recently when I was able to work through my trauma with my therapist. My neighbors have four loud and reactive dogs, three chihuahuas and one Australian shepherd, which charge the fence whenever they see someone on the other side and bark constantly. This has prevented me from using my backyard for the last two summers. Now that I've worked past the panic attacks and fear, I'm spending a majority of the weekends in my yard and let my dogs go back and forth freely from the yard. My dogs have been well socialized and don't have any interest in the fence when the other dogs are reacting. Up until yesterday, when the neighbor dogs come out, I would bring my dogs inside, but it would mean still a minute or so for their dogs to calm down. I would let my dogs back outside to play when the neighbors go back in. This was no big deal for me. Now cue Sunday, the neighbors let their dogs out, they react, I bring my dogs in. Same old routine. Except my neighbor curses me under her breath. Keep your freaking door shut. This is not the first time they've been rude either. This gets under my skin, considering her dog's reactivity is the reason I didn't feel comfortable in my own backyard. And it's not my dogs who are reactive. Plus, I've always been the one to bring my dogs in, not the neighbor. 
so I've started to be a bit petty. Now when the neighbors let their dogs out, I stay out and play fetch with my dogs while her animals go ape crap instead of bringing my dogs inside as I've always done. My dogs love it because they're getting more exercise than before. It's only been three days and my neighbor is exasperated and has to chase her dogs around the garden. Side note, they have another dog on the opposite side of them, which they're equally reactive to as well. I have patio furniture being delivered tomorrow, and I fully expect to enjoy my yard to the fullest this summer. After a week or two, I'll probably put up a visual blockade so her dogs can't see mine to be nice. But I'm not going to restrict my well-trained animals for her untrained ones any longer. Honestly, OP should know that they are a saint for going and taking their dogs in and trying to de-escalate the situation when the neighbor clearly doesn't give a crap. But when the neighbors start showing that not only do they not care, but they don't particularly like you or whatever it is you're doing, I agree with OP, that courtesy is gone, and they can deal with their barking dogs the entire time, while you enjoy your backyard like you should have been able to the entire time. Our next story is from ThrowRASIPITK. In-laws constantly berate my baking skills in favor of sister-in-law, so I copied her cake pop design and tricked them into eating it. This isn't necessarily my proudest moment, but I'm tired of being the outcast. I'm 32-year-old female, my husband Pete, 34-year-old male, comes from a family where the women are all bakers. I'm a baker myself, and I used to sell out of my house under my state's cottage laws, but stopped because I just liked it being a hobby. His sister-in-law, Kay, 39, is the one who's known for her cupcakes and cake pops. When I first met everyone years ago, it was the first thing I learned. Everyone talked about everything she made. Even when Pete mentioned how good my stuff was, everyone would say that Kay sells hers and they're popular, so they must be better. Whenever I bring treats, they're often left untouched because they're not Kay's. Yes, I've been told that. They ask me to bring something every get-together and never touch it. To be clear, Kay is mainly a baker, whereas I bake and specialize in professionally decorated cakes. Kay says that overly decorated cakes are compensating for their bad taste, and Pete's family agrees. We had a barbecue Monday for Memorial Day, and everyone made their treats. Kay decided to bring cake pops. She posted them on our Instagram the night before. So, and I know this is immature, I made the exact same ones she did, same flavor and design. We got there and everyone asked where my treats were. I said they're in the car and I'll get them in a minute. So I waited for everyone to be outside. Then I brought mine in and put them next to Kay's. After we eat, I noticed the family eating my cake pops and not Kay's. She didn't notice at first and then asked if they weren't feeling cake pops. They said they just ate them and they were the best she's ever made and asked what she did different. Mother-in-law even said they looked so much better in person than in the picture. Kay was confused and said hers were still on the table. That's when I said, oh, I brought those. Glad you enjoyed them. Her husband said he hadn't had one yet. Lies, he ate two. And everyone else just said, yeah, they were okay. Kay didn't say anything the rest of the night. Pete thought it was funny. He didn't know what I did until the reveal, but his brother, Kay's husband, said yesterday that what I did was mean, and I'm just mad that Kay's a better baker. But Pete said it's ridiculous the family, including Kay, puts down my baking when they won't even try it at all because I'm not Kay. Listen, being put down the way that OP is here, I don't blame them for sneaking in their own cake pops. 
It might be a little bit underhanded to emulate exactly what Kay was bringing and try to one-up them yourselves, but considering the way they've put down OP and outcasted them and try to discredit them as a baker, you just want that one shot of proving them wrong and, you know, letting them actually try something you made. It's funny seeing how hard they tried to backpedal after they got exposed. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from the Spider Lady 88. You'll read the book to make sure we did too? I just so happened to remember you said you'd never read Moby Dick. I was in the 7th grade and I absolutely hated my English teacher. I was and still am an avid reader. I don't know why I had remembered that she had mentioned at the beginning of the year that she has never read Moby Dick, but by the end of the year, it was still in my mind. When assigning our book reports, assuming we were just little donkey 7th graders, she warned with a derogatory tone that if she had not read the book, she would, just to make sure we had too. My petty brain went ding ding ding, she's never read Moby Dick. I mean, that's not so bad, right? So what, she had to read a classic that she'd never read. Except, I purposely chose the unabridged version and read the whole darn thing to include esoteric bits just to make sure she read it too. How much do you guys want to bet that this teacher, as much as they claim they would read it too to make sure the kids do, they didn't actually read it? If they did like a pop quiz and gave a few questions to make sure you really did read it, how much you want to bet that it was like a spark notes or a quick summary type thing? I really doubt you read any of those books. Our next story is from Adrienne, The Little Things. I live with a one-upper. It's as if she thinks she has to compete with me. It's annoying. If I share good news, she has to share something more impressive. Now, there are things she can't do. One of them is making rice without having to drag out a whole appliance, and it's still crunchy. Now, she had mentioned how I can bake, and being the person I am, I said, well, I can bake, but you can cook because she's very good at cooking without a recipe. A few days later, she comes at me like a venomous psycho and says, you can bake, but I can cook. So freaking extra. I made rice in the stove the other day, and when I finished, I remarked to myself how nice and fluffy it was. Also, I started cooking more, and I always offer a taste, just to show her that I can cook. I just don't do it that often. She can choke on her competitiveness, but not on my food. In a weird way, this sounds almost nice for OP, like, of course, it's frustrating and stressful, but in kind of a weird way, it lets OP kind of flex and show off and stretch those cooking muscles a little bit more. I mean, in a situation where you know you are underestimated and you know you can just totally show that person up for underestimating you, that is nothing but bliss. Our next story is from Nerdlaw. I left over 600 voicemails for a debt collector last night. Yesterday, Friday, I got an urgent voicemail on my personal cell phone from a lady at ARS Services insisting that I call back no later than 4.30pm. This was at 3pm. I'm an attorney and I do sometimes get time sensitive calls and voicemail messages on my personal phone, but I had no clue what ARS means or who they are or what case they were calling about. So I call back and it's a debt collector and they try to bully me about some credit card debt my ex-wife of 8 years incurred with them, demanding I get a message to her. I asked them why they're calling me and leaving a message like that, and they were rude and then hung up. They wouldn't pick up when I called back. So, I used an Android phone redialer app and called them through the night, 
and left over 600 voicemails for them last night. Should be a fun Monday morning for them. Happy Monday, ARS. I actually wonder if OP could be in any legal ramification for something like that. If you totally blew up the phone that belonged to a debt collector that's based in the US, say 600 voicemails like OP did, would they be able to report OP to any kind of authority as far as like abuse of phone services or kind of just harassment? As far as phones and calling and regulations go, I don't really know how it works. Our next story is from Caffeinated Guy. Try to prevent my house from selling? Enjoy the weenies. I lived in my last house for well over a decade. There was a neighbor around the corner that was the annoying old neighbor you always hear about. He'd complain when my kids were outside playing because they were too loud. He called the city for a minor just on the edge of allowed violations on several occasions. I kept everything within compliance, but never more than I was legally required to, and even once sat with a safety person from the city reviewing the code in question and measuring every dimension to make sure my shrubs weren't an inch out of compliance. After the fifth call to the city, I asked the city to note that I had a counter complaint regarding his incessant harassment. They noted my complaint, and I'd gone the last five years without hearing from him again, until I put my house up for sale. Within a day of the for sale sign going up in my yard, I got a call from my realtor about an email she received. A neighbor had emailed her to tell her that the sale wouldn't go through as the shrubs were in violation of city code, and that he would do everything he could to prevent the sale. I told her the history with him and with the city and let her know that he didn't have any ground to stand on, but she should forward me the email to review. I should note that until this point, I only had a guess as to which neighbor had been harassing me this entire time, but now I had his name, email address, and it was easy to confirm his address and full name. With that info, the only reasonable response to his harassment was obvious. I went to one of those cheap Chinese goods websites found the cheapest sex toys available, and bought him a black weenie, a pink rear-end plug, and some rear-end beads. All of them had wildly different shipping dates. And even though I know that I'll never see his response, it was totally worth the whole $12 spent. The sale went through, and I'll never have to deal with that guy again. However, anytime I have to plug in a street address and name for something, he'll be on my list until I forget the stress he caused me. Honestly, I'm with OP on this strategy. Every time you get like a spam email, every time you have to confirm an address for some place where you really don't want to put your actual address in, just pop this guy's info in, it's easy to do. In fact, if you wanted to be really malicious, you would go to one of those websites where you can fill out a million surveys and you get points towards getting like a gift card and you can just totally ruin their email address, get plenty of spam things sent to their mailbox, it would be pretty darn good. This next story is from The Unpolitical. Don't pull over for an emergency vehicle? Fine, I'll waste your time while you stand in line at the post office behind me. Last Saturday, while one block from the post office, an ambulance started to head towards me. There was one car in front of me and a third car approaching behind me. Myself and the car ahead of me pulled off to the side, but the car behind me decided to speed up and go around us to turn right on the street for the post office. Literally took 20 seconds or less for the emergency vehicle to go past us, and we were on our way. I go to pull up to the post office, and I notice that the car that went ahead of us was just finished parking. He jumps out of his car and heads into the post office. I park and get inside after him. 
Meanwhile, the clerk is finishing, telling him what supplies he needs to send out his package. So while he's scoping out the boxes away from the clerk, it's my turn next. I come in often enough that I know the clerks pretty well. After she scans my packages, I purposely engage her in chit-chatting about her plans for the weekend, and then we included the other clerk in the conversation. We talked about family gatherings, barbecues, recipes, and their anxiousness to have a day off. Probably took an extra 10 minutes just chit-chatting. In my head, I'm gloating because I can see the guy in my peripheral getting anxious to get up to the window and finish his transaction. Seriously, I can't stand it when people pull all sorts of stupid tricks when it comes to pulling over for emergency vehicles and it was way too satisfying to finally have my petty revenge. If there is an emergency service vehicle coming up behind you and you choose to not get over, or you play games because your exit's coming up and you don't want to pull over just yet, I think those kinds of people are pretty darn scummy because if you think about you, you're the person that ambulance or whatnot is rushing for, think about how much of a difference 30 seconds, 60 seconds, so-and-so could make when, let's say, you're dealing with a house fire. Imagine that reaction time being slower because one person wanted to make sure that they could get off at their stop just a little bit earlier. Our next story is from Severed Tendons, Petty Revenge at the Laundromat. I'm in the military and currently deployed. It's common on deployments to have a portable laundromat-style facility that gives you the option to wash your own clothes versus having someone else do it and risk discoloration or loss of your personal property. Anyways, the washers and dryers tend to be very low quality. Hence, it may take two to three cycles in the dryer to completely dry your clothes. I had switched my laundry over to a dryer for a cycle that lasted an hour and a half, set a timer on my phone, and headed back to work. Exactly an hour and a half later, I come back to find my sopping wet laundry on top of the dryer, with the culprit standing in front of it waiting on his clothes to dry. I ask him, did you take my wet laundry out of the dryer? He says, yeah, it wasn't really dry yet. So I ask, then why did you take it out? He says, there wasn't any open dryers. I bite my tongue and move on to search for an empty dryer. I find one and put my wet clothes in. I go back to check to see if he's still there. He isn't. I open his dryer and feel his clothes, still wet. I go ahead and close the dryer and proceed to turn it off and then unplug it all together. Hopefully he comes back an hour or so to find his clothes in the same state I found mine. Yeah, needless to say, this dude deserved exactly what happened to them. How are you going to look somebody in the face and say, there wasn't any open dryers, as justification for pulling somebody's wet clothes out of a dryer? I'd sit there and make sure my clothes get dried, and then I'd want to go and take his, still wet, and fling him out the window. All I know is if I was OP in that situation, I would be pretty darn livid. All I know is this revenge was more than justified. Our next story is from Scorched Earth Policy. This is what happens when you try to sell other people's stuff. So shortly after I finished high school, my girlfriend had bought me a seven string guitar. This is important to remember. Prior to this, one of my friends had gone homeless out of state and my parents let him move in. I had gotten my first job and was working nights and paying the rent that my dad had demanded we start paying. I was raised to not be a bum, so I was fine with it. Meanwhile, this guy had refused to get a job so he could keep getting high. He would ask me for money, eat food with my name on it, and for some reason, he thought it was okay to take naps in my bed. Which, can we all agree, is just something you don't do? I forgot to mention, my house was crowded and we had to share a room. I had a couch that I let him sleep on. 
He even bought a 2015 Dodge Challenger that he got repoed because it's hard to afford a muscle car when you don't have a job. After getting his car repoed, he started taking my car without asking me, and I started noticing pieces of my drum kit were missing. I was missing cymbals, each one cost minimum $300, replacement heads which aren't cheap, and even my backup double kick pedal was gone, and I was just thinking they were moved into storage to make room in the garage. It all started coming together when this jackhole didn't realize I was home and a guy came knocking on my door and this conversation happened. Hey bro, can I help you? Uh yeah, I'm here for the 7 string guitar. 7 string? He shows me a picture of the guitar my girlfriend bought me. You're selling the black LTDM 17, right? Uh, unfortunately that guitar isn't for sale. Darn, that sucks, I really wanted that guitar. You can try Guitar Center, they're not too expensive. After the guy left, I immediately ran to my room and kicked in the door so hard that my neighbors came over to see what happened later. I yelled at the top of my lungs, who the freak do you think you are selling my guitars? His reply, I need weed money dude. We kicked his sorry butt out that weekend, and the minute we did, he tried turning my girlfriend against me and turning my friends against me but it all backfired, and when we moved later we found his US Army paperwork and he refused to come get it. So after two weeks, we burned it. This paperwork is replaceable, he was just lazy. Last I heard, he's homeless and literally no one will take him in. Moral of the story, if it's not yours, don't freaking touch it, and don't bite the hand that feeds you. This dude had it good, like yeah you're sleeping on a couch in some other family's house, but like... It's so infinitely better than sleeping out on the street. And this guy goes and literally does bite the hand that feeds them and starts pawning and selling off their stuff. Frankly, there's just some people that are just too boneheaded you probably just can't help them. Our next story is from Can't Touch This 101. Now, ex-husband thought he could control me, so I did this. My ex-husband was controlling and abusive, of all natures. I couldn't have friends of the opposite sex because he was paranoid that I had had relations with them in the past. I don't talk to my exes after a breakup, unless there was a kid involved. Nor could I have a job because of the possibility of working with males or wear makeup in public without him around. So after a while of him controlling me, he stopped all of a sudden. At the time we both had an iPhone 4 and shared an iCloud address, didn't have internet at the house but he did at his job and I had access at college. I'm still amazed I was able to enroll with his control issues. One day, once I was able to connect to the Wi-Fi, all sorts of dirty and naughty pictures that obviously were not me, a coworker of his, showed up on my feed. I confronted him about it. He made up a lie that a buddy sent them to him. And I was relatively new to the Apple community, so I didn't actually know that if they aren't saved to the device, they won't save to the cloud. So I kind of believed him. His buddy was a tool like that anyways. So when he stopped controlling me, and the intimacy, if you call it that, stopped, I got curious. Like I stated, it was sudden. It didn't slowly stop, just instantly. I snooped through his phone, It took a good 45 minutes to wrestle his iPhone out from underneath him while he was dead asleep. But when I finally managed to get it and unlock it, I was shocked at what I found. Text messages and pictures via kick from this girl. And yes, it was the one on the camera roll. 
Phone numbers that are saved also get synced too, and he didn't save this girl's number, so it never showed up on my phone. Huge fight ensued. I just wanted to hear him say, it's over, then I would happily pack myself and two small children up and go. Just run away. I needed an out anyways without being guilt tripped, tried leaving before this and was guilted back in, but he would never say those words. This happened over the course of a month, mind you, so I enlisted the help of my son's biological father. We were on good terms, basically he would help me out with extra money if I needed it, and yes, I did report the gifts to the child support enforcement office and made note of the credits. Anyways, he's a super genius when it came to electronics. He downloaded a texting app that allowed you to have a random number and chose my area. We live two states apart, so that way it would show up locally. He also created a new email address with an alias. I gave him those pictures and her phone number. He blackmailed her into sending more pictures or else they would go viral. It was basically to prove a point to my husband that the woman he is cheating on is slash was 100% loyal no matter what physical or emotional damage he causes with a girl who is definitely not loyal or even faithful. Here's my part of the revenge. I had texted her from my phone explaining that D is still my husband and no, we are not separated nor sleep in other rooms and that he's currently on the run from the law and he isn't what he pertains to be and to, not so politely, leave him alone. She ended up crying to him, equals ensue yet another fight. So I finally gave a tip to my local authorities that he had out-of-state warrants, where he worked and that he would most likely try to evade in any way possible. The cops showed up within an hour, had to confirm my story, and had his workplace surrounded SWAT-style. They arrested him on-site, held him for 30 days so the receiving state could come and get him, and he spent the next almost year in prison, leading me to my escape, freedom, and divorce. No regrets. Honestly, with how emotionally abusive this husband was being, I'm glad OP was able to get out of there with the kids and basically find the life that they and their kids deserved and would make them happy away from that guy. And kudos to the cops in this situation for doing their jobs properly, removing that guy from the situation, actually locking them up, and giving OP that out and that freedom to basically escape their grasp. This next story is from G-Wile. Stop freaking calling phone number or you'll receive five faxes each call. This happened a bit ago. I kept getting calls from the same number. Not just a couple of times a day, we're talking five or six calls in an hour, three to four random hours each day, went on for a week. They left a message each time saying who they were too. Never got a real person on the line. Well, sleuthing time, I looked up the company, lo and behold it matched the number. Not only that, but they were listed as an ad agency. Looked them up on Google reviews, number of people complaining of the same calls. When I looked up their contact info, they gave a fax number. Jackpot. Google has a text, pick, or email to fax option. Not sure if they still do. I made a pickup, all black. The center had, written in white, stop freaking calling my number. Each call I get, I will fax five copies of this paper. I received four more calls. Then, I never received one again. Frankly, if you're gonna just spam their fax machine and make them run out of paper and ink, Good on you, because I feel like everybody's rooting OP on in a situation like that. You're dealing with these annoying random telemarketer calls. 
do us all a favor and stop bothering everybody, let alone just OP. And our final story of the day is from Pretty Possum. Bully bursts into tears when a coworker calls his bluff. I work at a daycare, and since it's summer, we go on field trips. This field trip happened to be at an arcade, which was still open to the public. My job was to guard the front door, and my coworker was in the back watching the kids. We have some older kids, but the group we took that day happened to be mostly younger kids. Two older boys, probably about 12 to 13, who were not associated with us, came into the arcade alone, no parents, and headed back to the back area where some of our little kids are playing. Our kids had passes with unlimited playtime, but they can't just play in any of the machines that give out prizes. Well, older kids caught on that the kids had unlimited tickets, so what do they do? Ask an easy target if they can use their card. They, of course, sought one of our preschoolers because they knew she would comply. The machine they happened to pick out was one of the more expensive ones with the expensive prizes. But they, of course, were sorely disappointed when the card didn't work on the prize machines. My coworker finds out what's going on and pulls the two older kids up to the front so she can confront them in front of the management. She accuses them of trying to essentially steal from our kids because they thought there was money on the cards. One of the kids swiftly denies everything and says that they can watch back the security cam footage to prove it. What he doesn't know is that my coworker is friends with the manager, and so she calls him over. She says, okay, let's pull up that footage, and immediately the kids start bawling. She called his bluff and he got busted. He probably pooped himself when she said that because he seemed so confident that she would automatically believe him. The manager is starting to realize at this point that the boys came in alone without any parental supervision, which isn't allowed, but before he can kick them out, they left on their own. The funniest part in this story to me is that while I was guarding the front door, the friend of the boy bolted out of the front door to avoid confrontation and just left his friend behind to get all the heat. In addition to this, they were also trying to literally fight our other kids. Keep in mind that these boys were 12 to 13, targeting literal 8-year-olds. Super cool and tough of them to be able to pick on someone half their size. I hope those boys learned a valuable lesson that day, and I also kinda hope they got banned from the arcade. Nothing bothers me more than entitled brats bullying helpless little kids to look cool. I agree with OP wholeheartedly. I think these bullies are total scum, and I hope that they learned a valuable lesson. Sadly, I doubt it, they're probably going to act up just as bad in another place. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that being said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.